Kevin Costner cast. <laughs> oh, well, one hundred percent. Okay, look, because I because we've we've definitely talked about a Kilmer cast. We've definitely talked about yes. a Keanu cast. Yes. And I think that Costner is a good one. Although there is a drop off, or I, I don't know, is he like Bruce Willis in Cage in that he is just one of these legacy stars that is now just doing weird, like foreign and straight to VOD movies constantly, but just no one knows looking, that they're getting released. Oh, he's in that TV show Yellowstone now, which I haven't watched. <laughs> Looks <laughs> is that a pretty... Western? I feel like he's wearing a cowboy hat in those yeah, ads for some reason. I think it's like a modern Western. Um, have but we? He's, have we revised the Western enough by now? Have there been enough revisionist Westerns and revisions of revisionist Westerns that we can do something else? <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything more to say. It just seems like a format and a genre that has played out. It was un yeah. I understand why people of a certain era related to it. I don't think that as a society that it speaks to any kind of deeper thing because people people aren't raised in the same way we don't look for like heroes and archetypes in, in the right. same way yeah yeah and, and when like westerns were popular you know right so well and so there was like generations where that was the thing and then the, the like 70s 80s 90s they like tore it down and they were like actually what if they were flawed people and they were bad or whatever yeah, but then you're just watching a bunch of like cowboys that are flawed people, and then right. now you're just watching a western again. You know what I mean? To, <laughs> just to be honest, it, and it's yeah, the same yeah, thing, yeah. The exactly. Then it's just yeah, it's just antiheroes. I, yeah. I mean, to be to oh, be hi, honest, Missy, I, how you doing? Yeah, I know she's chilling. She, my room is so cold that she just like wants to be on top of me all the time. Because of course, I am the only warm thing in the room. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, to be honest, I I love a western. Like I I I'll as a genre, I don't mind it kind of continuing to go on and on. But I I I, I am kind of like, well, what else is there really to say? Unless you're just doing a story that happens to be a western, right? Right. I'm I'm not sure if there's anything left uh, to really examine. Unless you unless you just get like really fucking political. Like I haven't seen like a a western that like truly just tears into manifest destiny in a, a way that uh i think gets at the heart of the like genocide that basically <laughs> yeah well because the issue happened. is all the westerns are told from the view of the white men and, and yeah. if you want to tell if you want to tell that story it's best served being told from the opposite view or at least a view yeah, that I, isn't the cowboy view, the white cowboy right view. i mean the the closest i feel like hollywood got was like last of the mohicans but even that's a white guy <laughs> again another costner movie <laughs> yeah or, or like you know so yeah, that's that's the if that's the next western that should be made is how about sure. one that's just from the perspective of some like uh, indigenous people. Um, I'm sure they're out there. We just don't know about them. Yeah. Uh, if anyone knows of any good ones, hit us up. Yeah, hit us up. Um, but yeah, Kevin Costner's IMDb. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's like he, he's managed to be kind of like in stuff that is like relevant enough that I've heard of it, but uh, not like the center of the like cultural conversation. So he's fine. Like he's in like Hidden Figures and uh, Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Uh, oh, oh yeah, he was Superman's dad, right? Yeah, I guess so. 
That's funny. Field of Dreams 2. Lockout. What? Wait, Field of Dreams 2? Field of Dreams 2. A small-town Iowa farmer who fed up with the NFL lockout decides to build his own football field after hearing... That sounds like a parody or something. Yeah, it also sounds weirdly reactionary, too. Yeah. Even though I don't know specifically what they're referring to, I feel like it's like, oh, all those football (laughs) players, like taking a knee and walking out of the game. I just want to watch uh, people play football and not be political. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like that it's, sort of it, shit. <laughs> uh, get, get this. It stars uh, Taylor Lautner, a.k.a. Jacob from Twilight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Did I ever tell you about yeah. when Vivian and I marathon? Speaking of football and Twilight, actually, this is a good segue. Vivian and I won, <laughs> won um, Super Bowl Sunday. Instead of watching the Super Bowl, we just marathon all the Twilight movies. Have you ever seen That's those? That's tight. Dude, I've seen the first one, and I saw Breaking Dawn. They're insane. Bra- yeah, they Breaking Dawn was movies. one of the wilder movies that I've seen. <laughs> You're that, making me want to watch them. Is that the one with the... Did you see the one with the CGI yes. baby? Yeah, yes. that, that shit where she like falls in love with him because he like... Uh, he like impresses Bro. on her when she's born or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like first of all, like I didn't really know what was going on up to that point because I hadn't watched the other two, like the second and the third installments. And then, so what I remember was like Edward and Bella finally fuck. Like they hadn't they they <laughs> they hadn't fucked for so long because Edward was like afraid he was going to hurt her. And then they fuck and they just tear the bed apart they just like decimate the room with the force of their their carnal passion and then yeah that there's but there's still the like will they won't they like love triangle thing and the way that they get out of it is that (laughs) the werewolf (laughs) impresses on their daughter he falls in love with their infant daughter like romantic love and (laughs) and then the way they explain it everyone's just like oh everyone's like oh okay cool oh good like that's great (laughs) Uh, yeah anyway uh i would i would highly recommend getting some friends together and like uh getting super stoned and watching the twilight movies maybe Um, that's what i'll do on christmas there you go Um, there you go there's there's a lot of snow involved so it's i guess they're winter movies they could be seen that way well, uh, should we talk about what we came here to talk yeah. about? Yeah. Oh, we should also give a little... Uh, it's been like 20 minutes. We haven't said shit about Cage or what yeah. this episode is. Uh, <laughs> so we had a huge uh, uh, interview uh, planned for our jujitsu episode, which uh, we've had to push a couple times, life stuff. Uh, yeah. Dave released a record and started a band, and I was working a film festival, and... Uh, and we just things got in the way, so we're gonna probably postpone it till next year. But we did want to do a little pickup episode, just kind of um, to tide us over. And we figured since uh, we're done officially, we're at the marker, uh, starting with 2020. Uh, was his uh, Jujitsu was his first 2020 movie, so we wanted to just do a little roundup of our best and least best worst. Yes. Uh, <laughs> of the 2010s. Uh, yeah. And this is the era really where Cage started to just be in like every single movie. Yeah, so like, there's a eh. lot more ground to cover in comparison to his past decades. But I yeah. think that I think that there were some huge swings that paid off and there were a lot of like just... Uh, Truly some of the most like what the fuck moments, I think, in his filmography yeah. and also just some films that 
I, if it were not for this podcast, I don't know that I ever would have seen a movie yeah. like this. The majority of them, I think. <laughs> we, it's like, truly, it's truly been such a whiplash going from some of these movies one right into another into another. Uh, yeah, the, the the this is the the most mysterious uh, decade of his filmography to me going into it because uh, most of the movies we hadn't seen or heard of ever. So, and turns out most of the population hadn't either. Uh, yeah, quite a number of our guests came on to do some of these, uh, and they were completely blind. They had no idea what the movie was. In some cases, they didn't even know that it, it existed at all before we <laughs> invited them on. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, so, and, yeah. And, and you, you know, there, as we hoped, I think there were some hidden gems, but um, I think for the most part, it's like bad movies that at best were kind of interesting and at worst were entirely forgettable. <laughs> Um, or offensive. Uh, so yes, let's true. let's start with our like best, our top five, because I think that list is going to have less surprises in it. Yeah, and I um, think we'll probably overlap on at least four yep. of those five. I'm yeah, gonna go yeah. ahead and say it's, it's that consistent. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go top down because I I kind of think I know how it's gonna go. Okay. So um, no no surprise I think to anyone. My number one is Mandy. Yes, mine too. And I think yeah. that if you if you have seen enough of these movies and and it, your choice isn't Mandy, I truly wonder: Do you know what a movie is? Um. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it's a it's a movie that I, I we've talked plenty about all the ways that it's good. Uh, I think about it often. Um, it's a, a I movie have the that, poster sitting right in front of me. I, yeah. I literally hung the poster up in my studio. So yeah, my, uh, my roommate got me the tiger t-shirt as a gift. So I wear merchandise, right? You know, we're, yeah. we, we are, we, <laughs> we're fans. We are fans. And it like, you know, it, I think it's a movie that transcends the sort of like kitschy uh, sort of trappings that it plays with uh, to be something that really is special. There really isn't another film like it. And his performance in it is is great too. Yeah, as well as the movie overall being amazing, his performance itself is like in the upper echelon of Cage performances. Yeah, yeah it's, it's I, great. It's, yeah, um, it's great. Yeah, and you know, like Dave said, we talked a lot about it. We had an extensive... I think that I think our episode on it ran like almost two hours. We talked a lot about it, and then we were also on uh, Bunk Two Three Seven, where we talked about yeah. it a little bit too. So we're we're yeah, not so going to we, get too said into enough. it now because we've said enough. But um, I, I think similarly, my, my s- number two is uh, Spider Man: Enter the Spider Verse. Interesting. Um, so I left that one off my list. And oh, I did not you? not because I didn't think it was one of the better ones, but because I feel like it's just in a category of its own. Kind okay. of, you know, it, 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 I think Cage's, uh, while Cage does bring a lot to his performance, and it is a very solid voice acting performance from him, I, I think uh, overall it just, it transcends being a Cage movie. You yeah, know it's I mean? a, so, no, nobody except us, honestly, right. <laughs> nobody thinks of that movie as a Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> so that's so, fair. That, so that's, What's that's your number purely two? the only reason why. My number two uh, was Joe. And I thought yeah, about that's my this. Number three. Yeah, and and I thought about this a little bit because I almost put I almost put uh, the trust at number two, mm-hmm. um, but then I rearranged my list a little bit in the eleventh hour, and I think Joe is 
is a really special film and it's hard for me to really explain what about it touched me. Um, That's weird. When I say it like that, it makes it sound like I was like emotionally crying about it or something. (laughs) That's not really what I mean, but, but, but there is something very emotionally truthful about that movie in a sort of, um, in, in a, in, in a kind of like transient way that is hard to really put your finger on it. Yeah. Like tonally it, 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 it's really good in giving you the mood without really um, me being able to necessarily explain what about it like uh, affects me in a way. Does that make well, sense? It's hard yeah. to explain. I mean, he's he's had a really weird career, um, but uh, I would say it, it's got that David Gordon Green magic for like when he's really like on top of his game. David Gordon Green makes movies that have a humanistic element that in in the the way that he brings performances out of his actors the way that his camera observes acting and the just the the, the stories that he chooses to tell joe is one of those movies that um yeah it's just the the magic is is all in this sort of like low key just very human story yeah um and Cage's performance is great. Um, it's a movie that feels like an auteur project, but not in the like grand, like you know, Kubrick sense or something. But in uh, the small scale, like indie, it's sense. intimate. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's intimate. It's it feels um, it feels expansive in its intimacy. Yeah, yeah. So that was my number three. What was your number three? Uh, my my number three was Dog Eat Dog. Interesting. Yeah, because not because I necessarily think that it's like a great movie, but because it gave me some of it, it has some of the most enjoyable uh, Cage and like Willem Dafoe uh, <laughs> moments, both both between them as actors and also just individually. The places yeah. that like Schrader m- m- let them go. Is just it, it's like some of it's really hard to sit through, but <laughs> but there's something about the extremeness of it that, like I I almost I almost just have to give it so much respect for just going going out there and just like they're just leaving it all all on the line. Everyone from the actors to the script to Schrader's direction to the weird. Uh, like lighting and editing choices and the mm-hmm. montages that are just seem to just come out of some weird like liminal space in Paul Schrader's brain <laughs> that it's just I, I don't know there's just something about it no one no it, it's it's extremely unique in the chemistry yeah uh, you know like sometimes uh, something is greater than the sum of its parts and I think that this movie is very much an example of that yeah, I, I see that. I, it's funny. This one didn't actually make my list, but it, it is for me. It's it's less than the sum of its parts, but the the parts are all interesting. Like I like to see Cage and Defoe acting together in like to this degree. Both of them playing actual characters off yeah. of each other. Um, yeah, and and everything you said, I I agree with. Um, and I still I still like Cage as a actor that Schrader uses. I think feel mm-hmm. like they haven't made a great movie together, but they still could. I like, know that that's y- the thing. You know, where, <laughs> where did you see the card Cage's... sheet by any no. chance? 
Oh, it no. was the it was the last movie the trader put out a couple months Who, ago. Who's in that? Is that Oscar Isaac? Yeah, it's Oscar or? Isaac. But while I was seeing it, it, it's it's pretty good. It's like a lesser yeah. Schrader, but I enjoyed it. But while I was watching it, there were a couple scenes where I was like, oh man, if Cage had this part, mm. if he had made this movie with Cage, it could have uh-huh. been something special. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I it's it could still happen. I, I like where is Cage's first reformed? You know? Like right. oh like he, he could <laughs> Like Cage for real. drinking bleach <laughs> for real, dude. He could do it. He's like made yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um. So I, maybe in the 2020s. Uh, so my number four is uh this this surprised me. Okay. When I when I sort of just took stock of everything, this is where I landed. Um, the Crudes. Wow. Yeah. Dude, the cru- the the. Dark horse, man. Look at I that. I know. I know. I just had to be like, you know, you and I were both shitting on the crudes leading up to it and and Well, because we, the only the only other animated cage movies we had to go by were Astro were Boy trash. and, and Ant Bully. So like we were like what, like, what else <laughs> were we gonna assume based on the track record? I fucking <laughs> hate the way that CGI shit looks. I hate but here's the thing about this movie is you gotta kind of give it to them that as you as have, cheap yeah. as the CGI looked, it definitely wasn't Pixar quality. But I think the designs of a lot of the prehistoric animals and plants was kind Pretty of fun. was kind of yeah. fun. They did a yeah. good job, you know. I, that's that's the thing is it's like I didn't the <laughs> this movie brought me around like further than probably any other movie that we've watched from the the 2010s <laughs> That's in so that weird. I, I i went in ready to like just not just not have a good time and i had to like give it credit i had to go like and here's the thing like i'm not going to put that on for myself i'm not even looking forward to the crudes too because it's probably it's going to be the same thing but louder and worse you and i both kind of had to give it props <laughs> and yeah it's if, true <laughs> if i had a child or was babysitting it would be on the list of movies that i could put on and i i wouldn't mind watching it again in that context right um i won't watch it again as an adult just as with other adults probably yeah. um but uh yeah i i gotta give it to him and what what's your number four my number four is the trust yeah, that's my yeah. five. Yeah, and 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 I think the trust is mainly just because I mean, again, we talked at length about it in the episode and in yeah. the interview. Everyone go yeah. listen to the interview we did with uh, the directors of that. Yeah, movie. one of one of my favorite uh, episodes that we've done. Not just because it was a coup, but also because we really got uh, to get some insight into cage's working methods with people who actually work with him yeah and the brewers were really nice and very open about their experience yes. uh and, you know and 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 open about the movie's flaws all of which i mean this is the thing that like we watched it and i think kind of sussed out that like uh, all the best parts of it came from their vision and yeah. all the stuff that didn't work came from you Producers, know studi- tr- yeah, studio studios interference get, right, and, right. and shit and and I think like in the That's end, the case though, in a lot of these movies, probably. Yeah, it, I think so. And and but I think in the end, like the good stuff in that movie outshines the the its flaws, and I I think outshines it to a degree that you kind of have to appreciate how what a what a good job they were doing with what they had. Like the script is good, the performances are good. The, there's there's some really good set pieces like 
you know, it's, I mean, it's a heist film and that's always fun to watch if it's done well. And, uh, yeah, I just like and and like also it's the, smart the, and enjoyable. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. Elijah Funny Wood too. and Cage are a great team. Yeah, uh, I would love to see them team up in another movie. I think there's I think there's uh, a lot of really good chemistry there, and uh, and 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 I think part of it too that made me rate it uh, high is just that I had no expectations going in for yeah anything. totally so how good it was in comparison to how much i was just expecting the same old shit based on the last couple movies we watched really like elevated it to a level where it made me realize that these kind of you know quickie vod drops could actually result yeah. in quality because they actually in order to get these made quick and and cheap use a lot of first-time directors or young directors or someone that's like trying to really you know, still figure their vision out. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that every once in a while, something like of quality can slip through. I mean, that's that's the gamble that Cage keeps making. Right. And that's so the, far he, he's like, uh, he's he's like <laughs> one for a thousand, but who knows? Sh- I mean, like, <laughs> he, he, you know, it, it, he should walk away from the table, but... <laughs> but he's gonna, he's, he won't. <laughs> but the thing is, he, he the magic of Cage and of the career that he's built is that he has infinite cachet. <laughs> he yeah, has and infinite he can just credit keep doing it table. and we're just going to keep can, eating it up. Yeah. So it doesn't, it almost yeah. doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like he he can make he he can just keep making movies where they're total messes, and uh, using the same the same formula of working yeah. with first time directors on shoestring budgets just because you know I don't know he wants to go to the place or because they pay him whatever. But like sometimes it does pay off. Like I mean, totally. we, we're seeing like for again not just saying this because they were like personally nice to us, but like. Uh, him g- adding his star power such as it is to the the brewers project in order to get it made like good like yeah. that's that's cool like um y- you know there's other directors where i'm like yeah you didn't need to help them out why <laughs> right. did you do that but like in right. that case like fuck yeah yeah. All right. What's what's your what's your number 5? Oh, and then and then my number 5 way back from 2010 is Kickass. Uh, yeah, because because it's just a fun movie. But I I did my my number five. I did a lot of back and forth, uh, and a couple others that I had in that slot because I couldn't decide was mm-hmm. Drive Angry. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just because like what the fuck is that so, movie? Yeah, uh, it's fun. That's fun. And then also Color Out of Space. Uh, yeah, which was never really a contender, but I just think that's a very uh, it's a it's a really good like B horror movie that I, yeah. I I recommend. Like, I mean, if anyone listening to this knows, they know they either are the kind of person that would be into it or they've already seen it. But like, if you know that that's the kind of movie you like, it's like one of, it's like really, really well made for that, for that kind of genre movie. So yeah. 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 From a color out of both kick ass was like my number six too, but like color out of space and mom and dad were like hovering around the, the bottom of this list. Uh, I, I feel like those movies, I like I like what they were going for. I like the uh degree that they went for it. Like they they both both of those movies go to some like interesting and kind of bizarre places like visually yeah. and and with their ideas. They didn't succeed 100. I feel like they're both kind of like I, I'm like 70% on Color Out of Space and maybe right. like 60% on Mom and Dad. 
Um, and that kind of frustrates me. Like it's, it's, they're kind of frustrating to watch because you're like getting close, but like not quite there, sure. but they both have some like really good sequences, some good ideas and stuff. So they're, they're definitely like worth watching. So we made a bottom five list and that was, it, that <laughs> <Yeah>. was actually <laughs> way harder, way harder to make. Honestly, way harder. My, mine was more like a bottom seven or eight. I mean, well, I, I so I, I made a bottom five, yeah, and then I had some also kind of hovering around, and then I also made a f kind of like what the fuck five, like the oh, ones oh, that, smart, smart, yeah, actually, ones you that know I was like, yo, Dave, can you, or yeah. keep talking if you want, give me like a second, yeah. and I'm gonna readjust my list from worst to what the fuck because there's okay. there's enough in there to split it, and I think that it'll yeah. be more fun that way. So y yeah, because yeah. because there were like if I'm if I'm being honest about like just worst, like then, like I said at the top, there's like, we're talking about movies that are forgettable yeah. or just fucking offensive and yeah. um, like just shouldn't exist. And, and then there's some that like, I'm glad they exist. Yes. Um, okay. One, okay. Ones good. that like, good. You, you know, I mean, for, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nothing really that happened in the 2010s that's gonna match just the insanity of like deadfall you know of a, a movie sure. that's like by most metrics not good but also like i've watched it like <laughs> five or ten times and yeah. will continue to because it's so fun or like something like vampire's kiss that like you could tell me it's a bad movie and I would argue with you, but I'd also understand where you're coming from. But also like, you know, you have to they, like, we, we don't, these movies are not, they can't compare to that stuff, but, <laughs> sure. um, but, but there really are some things that like, I would say are special in their like sort of wrongheadedness and also special in the fact that cage is in them doing the thing that he does. Let's go. So let's let, let's talk about let's talk about the bottom uh, five first. Okay, I think I think so. I, I didn't actually put my bottom five in any order. They're all just the worst. Yeah. So it's like that, you know, avoid. I, I all kind of, them. of did. Okay. Um, my my number one worst is a score to settle, Oof, and and that's that one's on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean that's mostly because I I remember. I remember my own reaction to it more oh. than uh, than the actual movie, and I know that that that's the one that made me the most like it made me like want to commit murder. <laughs> like, I yeah, just, and it's it funny because so like upset. I can't tell you anything about it now, but I remember Except the twist. You yeah, but the twist, I remember though. being so mad after <laughs> I watched so it. Like bad. you're right, I I remember my like visceral emotional reaction more than I actually remember the specifics of the movie itself. So that's, if that says anything about it, you know? Yeah. If, uh, I mean, uh, spoiler to anyone who doesn't want a spoiler, but I don't care. Um, this is the one where cage has, uh, what the, it's the ghost of his son is, uh, <laughs> is, is, uh, even he's you like say, a even you saying it. <laughs> he's a criminal, so awful. I mean, I think the the thing we landed on was that it's like a an AI movie, a movie made by AI for other robots to watch. Like yeah. it's just it's a movie that 
it, it, it feels like a TV in front of a mirror that then the mirror is then going into another mirror and that's what you're watching. It's just nothing. It's just nothing. It means nothing. Um, my, uh, my, uh, my number two is uh, Vengeance, a love story. Yeah. That's also on my list. I mean, yep. I well, and again, no surprises. I think we said it in the episodes multiple times yeah. uh, that these are two of the worst movies I've ever seen. Not even for this yeah. podcast, but in my life, in my life, <laughs> I want these. I want these four hours of my life back. Yeah, I wish I, mean, I didn't see God. these movies. Truly. I just, just like I mean, uh, the rape revenge thriller is a genre that, uh, you know, I mean, talk, we were talking about Westerns being played out. It's yeah, like, I feel like this what, is another what? one that we could hit pocket for like a century and no one would miss it. Jesus right? Christ. <laughs> we already had Straw Dogs. It's like we had Straw Dogs and uh, we, can we just be done with it now? Like, yeah. like you know, once again, what else is there to say but besides just the sort of like lurid spectacle of uh people pretending to rape somebody on camera like it's just and and i'm not even like you know i have a pretty strong stomach for this kind of thing and this movie it's not like i was like so just repelled by the fact of it it's it's that it's that but done so so poorly like just the it's that but with no sort of reason for it to it, it and uh so that like it, it for like a film that just leaves a really just rancid taste in your mouth like uh it has to go on the list i agree uh one that didn't leave a rancid taste in my mouth but left me falling asleep uh uh-huh. it took me four sittings to get through this fucking movie <laughs> is the runner oh shit that didn't make my list but that's a bad one yeah (laughs) real bad that's the one where he is it's like the oil he's the oil yeah uh lawyer yeah he's he's (laughs) right right he's he's like an environmental lawyer yeah yeah i don't remember anything else that about it me either but it's I remember being bad. I just remember it being really, sucks. really bad. It sucks really bad. And then I also had on my list Inconceivable. Yes, is another that's one that on I mine. put down. That yes. one, that one, it kind of straddles the line of the just outright bad and the what the fuck. The reason it's an outright bad is because uh, as mu- as as many what the fuck elements of the story and the acting are present in the movie. It doesn't make it fun to watch. No, I think it, it, a good it's, it's a signifier slog. of what makes what moves the movie from the bad column to the what the fuck column is that while I mean while you're watching it, it you're legitimately entertained by like the train wreck that's happening on screen as opposed to it just being a bad boring movie. Right. right? I I yeah I I mean the the thing that I I want to like highlight about that is the you just it's also a sort of like repugnant in the like there's just like a really ingrained misogyny in yeah. the the way but you know that is the type of thing that um in in a train wreck if it's fun then you're like oh it's so fun that they that they're so like wrongheaded about this, but they like did it in this way. That's like a a fun spectacle and a movie like 
this or Vengeance a Love Story. It's it's when they really just biff it, then then you're just punishing yourself. Watch it. Like there's nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's and so like I don't want to sound like I you know my monocle flew off uh, or like you know I got triggered or whatever the fuck you want to uh, say. There's a deeply ingrained sort of misogyny with the th- that sort of uh, again it's it's a trope that's been done a bazillion times of the sort of the it's the hand that rocks the cradle type. Uh, fucking thing we've seen in a a bunch of erotic thrillers but that movie is is trashy and sleazy and offensive but really a a lot of fun to watch and this movie is not although i do like that that scene it's also bad but just for the like ridiculousness of it when she the the evil uh nanny or whatever it goes out to the river with that woman and just like (laughs) doesn't she just like stab her in the like there's (laughs) There's some moments where it gets like really like baroque in its uh in its nastiness. Well, and and that's what I mean. If they had leaned on the melodrama, yeah, uh, yeah, and the sleaziness, just uh, a little yeah, bit more. It needed needed more sleaze, but it mostly just felt like a fucking like Cinemax like late night movie. But instead of like softcore porn, you're just getting like <laughs> softcore. Uh, Cradle robbing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, just (laughs) erotic thrills. Yeah. Um, And, yeah. I mean, also, Cage is just sleepwalking through that one. As as he is in all these other ones that we've mentioned. Yeah. He is not present. So what's your number three? (laughs) Trespass. Oh, that didn't make my list, but it was uh, was on my long list, uh, definitely. Do you want to talk about movies that... uh, really could have been uh, a, a tight little exploitation movie, but instead completely yeah. missed the mark. Uh. Yeah, and, and sh- you know, d- the the legend himself, Joel Schumacher yeah. <laughs> at the helm, like he knows how to make a, a, an exploitation movie. He knows how to make like uh, a movie that is dumb and sleazy and, you know, all these things, but that uh, is fun to watch or even like, fun enough to watch that uh it, it grabs the cultural consciousness in a way that like falling down or like the batman movie that he did or like yeah, those you right. know those movies suck um for a lot of reasons <laughs> they're but, fucking bad but like but they're they're yeah. like but they're made by some by a showman and trespass right. it feels like a filmed play but the play sucks and everybody who's doing it knows it. And the way that they compensate for it is they just yell at each other. It's just like, it's incredible. It's so unpleasant. It's sure, so yeah. fucking awful to watch. And I'm also I'm sorry. I'm going to bring this up again, but Ben Mendelsohn is in this movie and he's, when he's wearing that ski mask, <laughs> the way that the mouth hole is cut with the mustache above his like little mustache. And there's something about that look with like the, with the, the, uh, I, I, it's it, haunting. It's hard to explain, <laughs> but you know, like when you see something that is just looks wrong. Yes, yes. I can't describe it, but it just sets me off in a really specific way, and it just oh, like God. His, his <laughs> performance in that movie is fucking terrible too. God, it's just a, just a, a really. And, uh, Nicole, wait, is it Nicole Kidman? God, is it? I think. Um, right, I think it that, is. Yes, it is. That's the yeah. thing. Cage, Kidman, Mendelssohn. They're all yeah. actors that when they want to be at the top of their game, they're like amazing performers. Yeah. But all of them in this movie 
miss the mark somehow. I wasn't as bored watching that as A Score to Settle or Vengeance, A Love Story, which are also, you know, very unpleasant. But like, I felt the most like I was in a room with people who I just, I wanted to like, just be like, shut up, stop it. Like, just, I like, (laughs) I felt like I was trapped in a room watching a play that I I just would have walked out on if I wasn't going to talk about it on a podcast is just so fucking bad. And my number five, I I went back and forth. I uh, Arsenal almost made it. Yeah. Um because uh 90% of that movie is not a movie and it's it, it's just <laughs> Just it's funny because I don't even remember the non Eddie King parts of that. Movie. Yeah, like what else even happens in that movie? Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. There's just some like mob shit and like some really bad uh, digital camera filters, and it's just it sucks. But the 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 wildness of uh, having Chris Coppola and the Eddie King stuff, like those scenes are so so silly <laughs> that uh, it. You know, it has a place in my heart. I had to give the number five slot to Snowden, um, because it's it's bad. Like it's it's a bad film. Um, politically, it's incredibly confused and stupid. It 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 makes I I just like I've never been an Oliver Stone fan really. Um, his politics like sometimes I think are like presciently like good. Like he's ahead of the, the curve of like saying, uh, you know, he's, he's left on, he's been left on things that, uh, I think culturally, uh, we were right on and, uh, you know, spoke truth to power, but he, whenever he does that, he seems to like a 10th that, and then nine tenths of him, like, just saying the dumbest shit like and and highlighting just the worst stupidest elements of conspiracy theory or like just making films that are so fucking bad and uh unpleasant that it makes you just not even you you just want to like oppose whatever he's for because you hate the film (laughs) and like that's kind of how i felt about this (laughs) like like i was like i agree with what snowden did but after watching this movie I'm against it. I'm against. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm against it. Let, let, let the uh, let the Yankees kill him. <laughs> Just like uh, like this, that movie is a crime, and it made me just. I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just just so bad and the all the drama of it is really fucking bad when he, he tries to imitate snowden's voice but it just makes him sound like a, he just talks like a muppet the whole movie <laughs> yeah 100 percent. and at the like and it ends with like the most like it's, it has the most self-congratulatory ending of a movie i've maybe ever seen for like the it also like deserves it the least <laughs> just it it like the end of the movie it seems to just be an argument for why the movie is great and important and uh and i just yeah it's no, that's um, that's fair dave but here here's okay i'll tell you why snowden didn't make it on my list yeah because it was actually a competently made movie you know okay i'm waiting to hear like, what what was less competently made at least it didn't hang together as well as snowden uh was 211 do you remember that one yeah, that almost that almost made it that was i i 
yes, that almost made it. I, I like actually watched the trailer for it to try to remember it. And so maybe that should have gone on there. But yeah, 211, the, the movie about the, the ride along <laughs> that uh, then there's a heist during. Yeah. I mean, and then doesn't it end and everybody just dies? Yeah, pretty much. And we were also, I think, <laughs> like watching it at a at a in a post a cab universe too, which yes. really like made it sit even worse than it did when it came out in 2018, probably. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, there like doesn't Cage as a cop says some shit about like like you can't even be a police officer now because everyone's got a camera right. or something. And it's we like, watched this like months after George Floyd, and we were just right. like, uh. and and <laughs> got the like black teenager who's doing the ride along but then he like kind of by the end he's like yeah cops are cool it's just like yeah that movie came very close to being on my list uh and Um, then i had a a a runner-up too which was uss indianapolis men of courage uh, okay so that one made it onto my what the fuck list and okay and um yeah it, it is bad that's a very bad movie so but, good segue um, do we do you want to yes. pivot to our what the yes, fuck list I, I, I do okay. i do that one's bad but it, it made that list because here we have a high level of like jingoistic flag waving and just like dumb like stuff but done so incompetently that it is actually pretty fun to watch it, <laughs> it, it because like they just they <laughs> it falls on its face so hard and I think the the major reason for that is because it looks like it was made for like four dollars. Like the the sets look cheap and terrible, and the sharks, the, the CGI the sharks, CGI sharks are awful, are so bad. They're like PlayStation One bad, <laughs> and and that that takes it to the realm where I just like kind of can't be mad at it. <laughs> so fucking right, dumb. Right. So I, I would watch that one again. I, all the ones on my, what the fuck list are ones that I would watch again. And <laughs> okay, um, fair enough. Yeah. I personally don't think that I would ever watch it again, but yeah, but who knows, you know, get me in the mood. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, uh, maybe I might be up for a double feature of, uh, you know, score to settle. And uh, I, USS Indianapolis. I don't know. I, I love, I mean, it's the men of courage, too. And, like, I didn't really know the story of the USS Indianapolis, but, like, pretty much, like, the, what the, the men of courage just got ate by sharks. <laughs> like, it's not, like, like narratively, well, there's not also, that much to the story, except that the ship, like, you know, the, gets hit by a torpedo or whatever, and then just, like, a bunch of guys die. <laughs> like, yeah, well, and similarly to... to to Cage's 2002 film Wind Talkers, I think that Ugh. the real life story of of these men is more interesting by like leaps and bounds than the movies that than the movie. Than, yeah, the, yeah. The, the movie makes the this real life story seem yeah like I said like just a bunch of like guys just hanging out getting eaten <laughs> like it's so so dumb and you've got these guys just these actors just floating in the water just having these inane conversations and then one of them was like whoa no <laughs> cut, under. cut to CGI sharks they also never had the sharks and the people in the same shot yeah you, <laughs> no you can't afford it <laughs> yeah um, what, what's one from, uh, from your what the fuck list? Uh, okay. Well, this is one I'm sure we're both going to agree on. So let's just get these out of the way. Uh, uh-huh. between worlds. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, there's Easily. no, there's no contest. That one is shoulders, head and shoulders above 
every other what the fuck on our list. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about this one a, a lot on uh, Bunk 2372. It, it's an auteur movie. It's fun. It's bizarre. It's uh, bad. It is bad. It's a f- total failure, but like, oh man, it's it, like, I think that's the like, that's the hidden gem of like really ridiculous movies in this uh, this decade for sure. Yeah, that one's going to become a cult movie, I think. It, uh, yeah, it deserves it. Yeah. I put Grand Isle on there, I too. did, too. I, it's, I did, it's too. Not, you know, it, 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 it doesn't reach the heights of Between Worlds. Like, the ideas in, in it are just not as interesting. But mm-hmm. the, the way the plot plays out, like, the pacing <laughs> and the, the way that <laughs> yeah. things happen, the, like, things get introduced <laughs> out of nowhere that... <laughs> like just shouldn't have been or like really like i mean it, it I, in my opinion it doesn't top the scene where cage and that young man actor who i forget his name when they're in the attic and oh, uh yes that scene yeah well i i think maybe th- this movie for that scene alone it has uh-huh. a lot of other good more minor scenes that i i also yeah. think are like equally as as funny as that one but there is something about that scene it's like the cherry on top of this whole it's, movie it's so I, funny it, it's unbelievable <laughs> I, I think a lot about the like i don't know why I just something about this scene is like hauntingly bad to me but the the one where like uh, that same the guy he walks in on um what's her face uh taking a bath and uh and she she's listening to uh strange fruit (laughs) yeah just like just chilling and she's just like she's like do you know about this song it's about black people getting hung like and like and just and having like an erotic bath to it it's just like a very like tonally confusing scene that i think they were they're trying to make it seem sinister but instead it's just like a, it, 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 you know, it transcends both the thing that it's trying to do, which is trashy and, and wrong, and the way that it executes it. It, it just it transcends everything to just being like, what the f- why? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just, you're, you're not going to see that happen in a better movie, but it, it made me feel things that uh, I kind of don't understand. So <laughs> um, there you go. Just a lot of like, I mean, I'm a sucker for Southern Gothic, and and Cage uh, himself is also a sucker for Southern Gothic, and uh, you know it's no Zandali, but Grand Isle uh, has some uh, really has some moments. I think a mm-hmm. Zandali Grand Isle uh, double feature would be oh yeah really good. <laughs> I I feel like I feel like it's like Bad Lieutenant Zandali. And then if people are still awake and are are really there, then we we hit them with Grand Isle. Hit them with the Grand Isle until then. until the theater empties. <laughs> so uh, yeah, give me another from yours. Okay, here's one. Outcast. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> I don't even know what to say except that if you except that Cage's performance in this movie <laughs> is in a career of what the fuck performances, one of the most what yes. the fuck performances. Yeah, yeah. And this movie definitely. has almost nothing else going for it except Mm-mm. for that performance, but I think that there is enough things happening like all the time like like the fight scenes too and like Hayden Christensen uh something about Ugh. 
he's so boring and flat that it almost yeah. horseshoes into something that is like a straight <laughs> man, like yeah. to, to, to Cage's whole thing. I hesitate to recommend it, but also I think that it's a good, good, bad movie. Yeah. A cinematic uh, adventure that uh, is unique. Part of what's interesting about that movie to me is I'm I'm interested in uh, the world of Chinese cinema and especially the Chinese cinema where they pull in like uh, Western actors because it is it, its own thing. And, um, you know, and you have like a movie that's made sort of for a Chinese audience, like with Chinese funding, but by like the directors and writer are, are Westerners and the, two lead actors are Western and then everybody else is Chinese. And, and I had this sense of, you know, like a, a movie that wasn't made for, for the American market. And I don't even know if it is playing the way that it's supposed to, like how it compares to, like, I just yeah. feel like I don't have enough reference to really understand how it fits into the, that cultural understanding of, of what you want out of a right. movie. Right. But, right. um, because it is epic, there's a lot of uh, money behind it, and like um, a lot of shit happening. But like, but it all seems anachronistic. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It feels like a fantasy. But it's a period yeah. piece. Yeah, exactly. It's a period piece, but it feels like a fantasy movie. You know? Yeah, but and you really like yeah. Hayden Christensen is terrible in it, and the storyline is forgettable. But you do get Cage as uh, a mythical outlaw who has who wears sna- live snakes um, on his arms as jewelry you don't get that in any other movie <laughs> like in Joe actually you do briefly well, he right? does do snake handling in <laughs> yeah. that that's true <laughs> that that's the next double feature <laughs> yeah there you go Joe and that wow Joe and that, that's cats, some though. talk about whiplash right there yeah Jesus. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Okay, interesting. Um, I put a uh, dark. On, okay, yeah. Um, which is the uh, director's cut ish thing of uh, Dying of the Light and the other uh, Schrader Cage team up, but uh, you know Schrader was famously well, not famously because nobody else cares about it except <laughs> us, but um, <laughs> was uh, unhappy with the the final cut of dying of the light instead made his own cut with an iPhone filming the monitor of a screen doing all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. If you want like a, what the fuck viewing experience, that's a good one. Like it's, it's really, it's really strange. You kind of got to give it to him. Like he, he, he took a forgettable, failure of a movie and made one that I would say is quite memorable. I don't know if it mm. succeeds because the thing that it's doing is so weird yeah. that I don't even know exactly what success would look like. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely more watchable and more interesting than Dying of the Light and I would say most of the other films that Cage was in in this decade. Cool. I, I actually have not seen that cut of it. I, I watched some of the, the like outtakes that he put back into it. But right. I didn't actually watch the whole like recut of Dark. 
But now I think I will. Now yeah, that you've check talked it out. about it, I'm I'm curious about it because we did we weird. did touch on it briefly in our episode, but we didn't really get yeah. into um, that version of the movie as much. So yeah, cool. My, the the last one on my list is uh, stolen. Which, oh, interesting. I actually yeah. completely had forgotten that one and rage were the two that I had completely <laughs> forgotten about oh, until I, I looked at rage until too. I looked at a list today. I, I wouldn't include rage on any list. It's nah. squarely middle yeah. of the bottom. Yeah, middle of the bottom indeed. Yeah, sto- stolen gets points from me. It has the like weird thing that we start to see in this decade of cage films where there's another actor who seems to be like playing the like cage role in the sense that like there's there's an actor usually someone playing a villain like i, I think it's josh lucas i believe in this movie yeah um, like just like uh lawrence play, fishburne in um, yeah uh running with the devil it's it's like somebody is like oh i'm in a movie with nicholas cage so i'm just gonna be fucking crazy yeah and cage kind of like is kind of half there and kind of a, a little bit sleepwalking through it but there's somebody else who's just like really going balls to the wall and uh stolen gets points for being like for for knowing what it is uh in that it's just like a a sleazy worse version of uh taken um <laughs> but like <Yeah. laughs> getting it gets points for for like just aiming at that hitting it and uh being like pretty fun like it it's 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 a bad movie but um i would say it's one of the bad movies that's actually fun to watch um yeah from definitely. this period definitely i would say okay so number four on my list is left behind <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh the the one about the rapture uh yeah yeah that know. didn't make either of my lists but it could have made either of the the worst or the the what the fuck it, yeah. it, it really it really does suck <laughs> i my my favorite thing about that movie is that like cage got paid three million dollars for i think like a day of shooting was it was it a day or like i a mean if days? that he's like he, every scene, he's just in a plane. Yeah, he's just right? in the cockpit of a plane. <laughs> like, he could have shot all those scenes in, like, six hours and been done. He probably yeah. did, honestly. Yeah, that that movie... <laughs> <laughs> that that movie... Um, beyond that, like, man, there's a couple really fun things. Um, I, rem- I believe there's, like, a little person on the plane who gets really angry at one point and... Mm-hmm. Uh, starts a fight there's it's it's got that like christian media thing where like people act ways where you're like what <laughs> okay so you have a movie that's supposed to convert people to christianity by being relatable i guess and yet like the humanity that's reflected back through the story is like damn have you ever been outside like do you ever <laughs> talk to real people cuz <laughs> no nobody seems no, yeah, like a no person one acts like that right? nobody <laughs> acts the way that anybody in that movie acts and and the christians in that movie still seem crazy even though they're right they're they're so like annoying right right <laughs> you, it's just like it it doesn't it wouldn't work. Um, what's <sighs> number five? What do you got? Oh my! And then my number five is Looking Glass. 
Uh, yeah. This one, this one, the the number five spot, I kind of vacillated a little bit. It was hard for me to really land on something because I think, quite honestly, that there were most of the what the fucks from this period. When I reconsidered, I I thought actually they're just kind of bad. Um, yeah. And this one in general. Uh, just tonally, it's all over the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that it kind of gives it that feeling, uh, obviously not, while not anywhere near the level of Between Worlds, I think it is a similar thing where someone had an extremely specific idea of how this movie should go. And uh-huh. it seems to be disconnected entirely from how you're directing the actors and also what the actual text, like what the script said it yeah, should have been to it. begin with. It is interesting because somebody's vision, no matter how skewed or like left of center, is is always, I think, inherently more interesting than like a focus grouped to death product. Well, yeah, and 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 that that is what we get uh, again and again in the 2010s because these things are so cheap that like no one cares enough to focus group many of them to death. Um, yeah, this is the Looking Glass for anyone who hasn't been following along is the movie where uh, Nick Cage and Robin Tunney uh, buy a motel and then. Um, realized that uh, the previous owner had like left like two way uh, mirrors in the hotel room. So you can watch people fucking and doing things and cage uh, gets uh, obsessively starts to watch people doing things. And that is like a good, I mean, first off it's based on an insane true story. Um, And yeah, like, that that story could have gone to a, a place that uh, could, like a sort of Hitchcockian place that uh, would have been really interesting. And the w- place that this one goes is like, yeah, it doesn't really work. But I agree, it does feel like I think th- mostly through the visuals, which like there are some visuals that like stick with you, yeah. and the like the vibe of it, it has a vibe that it definitely does. And I think that's what I'm talking about is yeah, like separated from the specifics of what actually happens scene to scene, the vibe of the movie I think is pretty spot on in regards to handling that subject material. Yeah, you know, because it makes it like a weird like sleazy kind of pot boiler thing. And it doesn't. And it feels parse- like a fantasy too. Like it feels right. a bit like like pornographic in a way that it doesn't even. In, it I don't know if it intends on. Be, I, yeah, I don't know. It's all those like those extreme like fluorescent like light gels on everything and like fucking. And then there's just like weird like extended shots of just watching Cage. What, like, watch. like watching Cage watch, you know, yeah. so you'll you'll see some of what he's looking at, but then there will also just be long shots where the camera is just focused on him and his reaction to what's going on on the other side of the mirror. And it's those yeah. kind of scenes where you're like, man, I I need a shower after watching. Yeah, this, yeah, you know, it, it it it's yucky. Um. Anyway, I. I, I don't think I particularly said anything great about it when we first watched it, but upon thinking more about it for this list, I was like, there was, I mean, at, I, you know, I, yeah. at, at least someone tried to make a specific kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. That's so true. I think those failures are always more interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw out one more. Um, yeah. I don't know which 
uh, this this one might belong on the the worst list. I, I'm not sure, but uh, the Humanity Bureau. Ooh, yeah, this one this one I kind of vacillated to because I I yeah. do I like weird. It's it's a sci-fi, yeah, but like holy shit, what a mess. Anyway, so. This has been fun because I feel like a little bit, uh, it's been hard to get like a bird's eye view of what this decade of film from Cage really is and felt like while we were in it. Because I really didn't know what we were going to watch next. I mean, most of it I just assumed would be bad Mm. and um, was often right, but I, I never knew in what way. It's really fascinating. In some ways more fascinating than his 2000s output, which has some incredibly strong films, has like uh, Adaptation, Matchstick Men, National Treasure, Lord of War, but then also like Ghost Rider, Next, Bangkok Dangerous. Some of these like indie movies are by most, every metric worse than like, you know, Bangkok Dangerous or whatever, but I do think they're more interesting for the same reason, like you like you said, like, they uh, do feel like uh, they weren't focus grouped into uh, into existence. Yeah, and, and I think, too, that the, the industry machinery in, in the early to mid-2010s finally caught up to Cage's mode of working. Because, you know, before that, I mean, even if something went straight to DVD, you still had to make the DVDs and get them into stores. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, once streaming became a thing uh, in, in, in this era of his career, he could just, they could quite literally release them as quickly as he was making them. You know? <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> totally. So his, his uh, output like went through the roof. I mean, this, this motherfucker in some of these years was making like five to six movies a year, which is just, I I mean, we say this constantly, but just to reiterate, I mean, his work ethic is unparalleled, you know, man (laughs) loves to work. Yeah. Yeah. Who else in the game is doing it like him? And certainly not Kevin uh, Costner. That's for sure. (laughs) No, truly. Um, and we, we have some really interesting ones coming down the pike. So, uh, my my recorder looks like it just shut off like a couple of minutes ago. The card got full, so oh, thankfully fine. you're you're recording the yeah, Zoom. Uh, I also we got an email back from the jujitsu guy. Um, cool. So okay, yeah. So we're set to get back on track with uh, regular episodes, and then we're about to be fucking caught up. It's crazy, man. I know we are uh, very quickly nearing the end not the end it'll it'll dude we have there's there's five five more movies that we can watch and a netflix show and then we're caught up wow all right crazy yeah that is crazy um all right that's good because that means we could see them in real time as they're released shit yeah we can do an episode from the theater as we watch we should do we should bring our mics into the theater and record the episode riff track style while the movie's going on i'm sure that won't be annoying to anyone else it sucks so hard turn around to the guy behind us hey do you want do you want to be a guest on our podcast hey sir are you enjoy are you enjoying yourself 
<laughs> what do you think? What's going on? I missed that. I was talking. <laughs> Until next time, jujitsu very year, soon. Right? Until next year. Yeah. Please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, yeah, do all the things. Seeking Panther on Instagram. Um, I mean, shit, we're, we're this far along that who fucking can compare in the Nick Cage podcast universe? I don't even know. Is anybody else out there still doing it? Do we even have competition anymore? I don't care. I don't <laughs> even think. Have th- we crushed the competition? <laughs> I think more like I, have we just outlasted the competition? Have we prioritized being <laughs> Uh, completionists over our mental health. Yes. I think is really the question. (laughs) We literally get no financial (laughs) gain from this. It's This this is an insane labor of love. And who can even step to it? Who can touch us? Um, If there is anyone who can touch us, don't email us. Don't tell us. I don't, I don't, (laughs) don't, don't touch us. Please don't touch me. (laughs) Um, Man, uh, this is the last thing that I'll say. Did did you see the uh, that photo shoot that Cage did with his his wife? I I put on yes. the uh, on the Instagram, dude. Amazing. I'm I am so happy for him. It seems like he's really like thriving right now. Truly. I think it, yeah, it does. Truly, I, I think quarantine was okay on him. I think he was chilling with his ravens, and he got a, a new. Uh, wife who seems uh to be probably as she seems as weird as him like just from the that photo shoot it's like them in vegas with like you know he's like laying in the parking lot and she's like stepping on his head and they're like wearing weird clothes and like running around it it seems like he's having a, a grand old time and um you know i uh i'm i'm happy for him yeah, um, he de- he he deserves to have a partner who is as uh, on the same plane that he is. So, God bless, and uh, looking forward to our jujitsu episode where we will be talking with a special guest who uh, has firsthand uh, accounts of working with him again. We'll really get caught up on where he's at. Yeah, very excited for that. Well, till next time. You know what? Huh. Um. I- I, I'm I'm gonna do a panther roar this time. Yeah, do it. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, ready? <laughs> yeah, that was good, yeah, man. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> you know Thanks. You know what? I say, New Year, let's move on from the YouTube video. Why don't we start making our own panther roar? We should just do content? our own. We should just do yeah. our own, right? I mean, we have the guests do it every episode, so if we don't have a guest, which is one of us, should do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Turn in a new leaf. Here we go, guys. (laughs) Happy holidays. Happy New Year.